episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're going to be talking about Innocent Episode 6, where we got some more questions, more answers. I don't know, things were confusing. Sophia has a lot of feelings about it, but hasn't been able to tell us for several days (laughs) since we didn't record right after she watched. So uh, it should be a good one. I am not drinking any tea, but I did make a sourdough banana bread today that I'm really excited to try after this. You can technically keep those alive for like ever, right? Like there's some like... How do you make a yeah. sourdough banana bread? You just put some like gold rush era ones, I feel like. <laughs> I still use baking no. soda, I so I don't really know what the point of it was, but... It sounds very yeah. exciting. I want to I wanna see what it looks like. I think what I, do you feed her? Do you buy the sourdough starter or do you make no, it yourself? No, I have a starter that I've been keeping alive for like Wow, that's impressive. Does she have a name? Yeah, her name is Charybdis. That's like her Latin name? What's her like, like fun <laughs> name? It's because, you know, in the Odyssey, that's the whirlpool. Uh, There's like some okay, That's her Charybdis. fun name. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't so, like, did that strike me as fun? Okay. She's got a lot of bubbles. She's very active. Oh my her God. Her Charybdis. <laughs> You so wish you were a classics major. It's hilarious. I do. <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh my god. I have never read The Odyssey. I feel like really? I'm missing out. Yeah, I was oh, supposed they, to. They made us read that. In school one year. In high school. And I was like, nope. Not going to read The Odyssey <laughs> during. They always made us read the like the hardest books. Like We had to read Dante's Inferno. Oh god. And like, how do you read Dante's Inferno with no like academic guidance? I, I took a class on the Divine Comedy, but it was like mostly a history class because, like you said, there's no way to understand anything that's going on without knowing like <laughs> all the politicians of the era. And yeah, yeah. it like makes no sense. He's like, otherwise, you're like, who the fuck is Giovanni? Like, who's why? Why is he here? Is this supposed to be funny? I don't get it. <laughs> There's other um, other exciting summer readings from my high school included Moby Dick. Oh no! Which is impossible. I made it to like read. a thousand oh, pages no, through that book, and then I quit because it was so fucking boring. I feel like it's not a thousand pages long in total, Sammy. It's so. It, long. I think it is close to like eight hundred or something. Okay, yeah, horrible. yeah. My edition's like seven hundred. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't also made it through. It's like a. It's mostly encyclopedic. Yeah, yeah, we had to read it in high school. I I actually did read it and I did read Dante's Inferno and then I did read Crime and Punishment on my own. I don't know how, but all of those were extremely heavy, like break readings that we had to do on our own in high school. And I don't know how I got through it. Spark notes, (laughs) the magic of spark notes. (laughs) Well, to this day, when I read like a classic, if, if the book that I'm reading is on spark notes, I will like read the whole spark notes thing. Because I always miss everything, um, as we know from my reading. <laughs> okay, wait. New podcast slash potentially vi- web series, web video series idea. We give ourselves twenty minutes, no, ten minutes, to review the spark notes of like a long ass classic novel, and then we take like ten shots, and then we try to like summarize it to each other while <laughs> being recorded. <laughs> that sounds that really would be fun. amazing. I love it. I'm down. <laughs> Our podcast uh, repertoire is definitely missing some alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a cocktail earlier this afternoon because I was literally going insane. I was like, oh my God, I can't be locked into my house <laughs> for one more second. What cocktail did you have? 
So yesterday I ordered in some food and they had like two for one cocktails. And I was like, wow, this is good. (laughs) (laughs) Two for one cocktails. So actually they sent me like four little bottles. I don't know if like you're supposed to make a cocktail out of two little bottles, but I was like, no, I'm going to get really drunk if I have two little bottles on my own in my house. (laughs) So I just had one. Um, It's like gin, lemon syrup, or like lime, I guess. Um, what we call limes lemons here it's confusing um I can have a whole podcast about that <laughs> don't ask <laughs> <laughs> and uh I think it had like uh, mint oh wow that sounds good except yeah. I don't really like gin that much it didn't taste like gin at all because it's not it, it it was made with one of those like non-aromatic gins mm. but I, I love gin it's like my favorite hard liquor I guess so I had a nice cocktail. That sounds really nice. Any tea for you, Esgi? Bedtime tea? No bedtime tea. (laughs) All right. Well, we're all holding up the tradition. I'm very proud. Maybe our (laughs) our future podcast that involves drinking will be better at holding up the intro tradition, but I doubt it. (laughs) I completely stopped drinking during quarantine. Like right now, it's now that I'm retaking my drinking every once in a while but it's not very constant (laughs) it's nice on a weekend I feel like even if we are stuck at home I made the because in honor of the Kentucky Derby they were serving juleps no but they were also serving pink lilies and so I had never heard of it before but we made it and it was really good highly recommend I love it's vodka and triple sec and cranberry and lime it's good. All right. So now that we've talked about nothing for like <laughs> 20 minutes, we're going to move on into uh, Sophia's summary of what happened in this episode, which will be extremely accurate and have no confusion. <laughs> well, given that, like, I, I was listening to one of our episodes today and my recap was like so long. I'm going to see if I can make it shorter. But <laughs> I do not have a lot of hope. <laughs> The episode begins with Yusuf like in his house and he goes to the kitchen and Feride is making manta, which is the food that he requested previously. And like they're a happy family, whatever. And like we can see in the back of his head, he has like a patch. So we know last episode he got hit in the head. So I'm assuming that's why. So he goes in the room and um, Elif is asleep. She's just he like doesn't wake her up. And then we have a scene that caused me nightmares. Well, it didn't, but it could have if I had remembered it. (laughs) Like we see Elif like drenched in blood a la like horror movie, which is a horrifying flash. And then he just wakes up. and So unnecessary. I know. So unnecessary. Horrible. Um, So then he wakes up in the forest and he's lying on the ground. Clearly, because remember last time he got hit in the head by, I think by Nerman, right? Yeah. But of course, it's a it's a job. It's a two man job, two person job, because um, Taner also had something to do with it, as we will find out. Because there's oh, it's is it later on? I guess maybe. But like he, he there's a recording. Like he he hears a recording. Maybe that's further on. But like this dude left the the tape recorder in his pocket and told him not to lose it because it's really important. Foreshadowing much. 
So then we see Tarek and he's in like his um, catatonic state where he's like literally doesn't talk. His dad's like, okay, let's go take a little nap, like whatever. And he's just like in the kitchen and, you know, he, he convinces him to take a nap. So he takes a nap. And then the police chief, whose name I'm going to butcher completely, Selahatin, I can't pronounce that name. Yeah, no, that's, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Yay for me. Anyway, he arrives and he's like, um, hey, Jevdit, I'm here to talk to you about something. Um, I'm on, And he's like, oh, yeah, let's have a drink. Like, I think he's being, well, Jevdit is being extremely fake because at this point they already know that they, like, that this dude sent Yusuf to kind of figure out what, what had happened with the family and everything. And the guy's like, I'm here on official business. If if it weren't, like, if, if you and I weren't old friends, um, I would be here with, like, 20 police cars. And so Jevdit starts telling this story of how there was like a shootout at a nightclub that they had to respond to when they worked together in the police force. And Salahatin just had had his first child or his wife was pregnant and he was like really scared to go in. So Jevdet went in alone and basically got shot twice, I think, like in the stomach and I don't remember where, or in the shoulder and the stomach. Um, and he's like, basically, I don't know, we can discuss what the point of him telling that story is, but I guess it's to like say like, you know, I risked my life for you. Like, don't you dare come here and like judge my family and try to like investigate us or whatever. Um, so he basically, I, I might butcher up the exact order just cause like there's two main scenes and they're like interspersed with each other. Um, but then we have Yusuf in the forest again and he's uh, now he's listening to the recorder and this guy's like, you know, I'm just trying to help you. And I left you the necklace because I know you always liked it. And when we were kids, you always wanted it. And like, keep this tape recorder because it's really important. And it seems like it's Selim's tape recorder. Yeah. I'm assuming that it's Selim's tape recorder. Um, But Yusuf is like really pissed. He's like, fuck this guy. Like, what the hell is up with him? And then Taner is like on this bus and he's following this woman who has like the same hair color as Feride, but like straight color or straight hair um which i'm wondering if it's because she's that woman that tunch was sleeping with like that's who that's the only person that we've seen before that she resembles i'm sure it has nothing to do with it but we will see and then i'm sorry i like skipped the actual order of the show but then they have uh salatin and jevdet have this whole conversation about the nightclub shooting and like He's like, get the fuck out of my house. Like, I know you sent Yusuf to investigate us. And like, I don't trust you in the least. So just leave. And in the meantime, oh, well, he also is like, I don't blame you for your child. He's he's sick. Like, it's not your fault. He is just someone who has an illness. And, you know, what happened to him in the army um, is just a consequence that he has an illness, basically. And Tadek is like listening all along and he's, like, even though he's catatonic, it seems like he can definitely understand. And, like, even though he, he like, forgets a lot of things, like, because his dad is like, oh, remember that? And he's like, no idea. Um, it seems like this does has, have an effect on him. And his dad didn't give him the right the dose at the right time. So he was coming out of the side oh. effects. Oh, I, didn't I thought his dad, all. like, didn't decided not to give him the medicine. Correct. Oh. Correct. Okay. That's why I'm saying, like, the effects were wearing off. And then, like, if he had given him the dose, then he would have still been, like, not all there. 
but he was coming out of it and then he heard everything just as that was happening my brain did not compute that i'm sorry thank you Eski. <laughs> like didn't <laughs> um so basic then jeff did like finishes the conversation um it seems like he might have realized that Tarek was i don't know i guess around or like not in bed but he he sees that Tarek's no longer there and he basically is like frantically looking for him because as we know he's like coming out of his catatonic state but he's still kind of you know out of it so then Tanet is still on this bus and they arrive at like a rest stop and the driver's like you need to get off now because we're not stopping for the next two hours and he sees this woman we still don't know who the woman is but she gets off um and Tanet is just like creepily watching her and Jevdet is just going everywhere to try to find Tarek, but he's having no luck. And oh, well, also the reason why Salahatin came to look for Jevdet is because Yusuf has been missing for a couple of days. I think he says two days, right? I don't remember exactly how long, but basically this dude has been missing and they need to find out where he is. So also Tanar was watching the Satan's older sister, right? That's who was on the bus. Oh, was that? Oh, really? I, that's that's who I thought it looked like. Yeah, I think he's following the psychologist. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Another I don't know what his end game is, but yeah, it was creepy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good that's a good that makes a lot of sense. I had not thought about that. I I guess I didn't really look at her face. And so Salahatin gets a phone call from Feride, who's like losing it, and she's like, "Where the fuck is Yusuf? Like, I'm really worried. He's not anywhere." Um, and he's like, no, don't worry, we'll find him, whatever. Um, so then we, I think we go to the past and it's uh, Tariq in his apartment. He just came back from his parents' house. So it's back when, what's her name? Emel, yes, was at um, that work conference and he was at his parents because he was having like a series of psychotic breaks um, and he like took... Well, he says that his dad gave him like less intense medicine, which, okay, we can talk about that later. But I, we, we didn't know it, uh, up to this point that there was like a second option for medicine that he could take. Um, so he's back at the apartment and he's like kind of pissed off because his brother forgot to water the plants and they died. Or I guess he just went once and he didn't go enough times. So he goes, he's just like watering the plants and Elif, uh, Elif, no, uh, Emel is leaving the, the hotel and she's calling Salim to say like, hey, where have you been? You haven't answered and I'm going straight to your house. So um, just wait for me there or whatever. And so as Tariq is like watering his plants and like doing chores, he finds the tape recorder, the mythical tape recorder um, that Salim like misplaced in the apartment. It's in the sofa, as we saw in the previous episode, like it was thrown there so he just like doesn't make much of it and like puts it in the kitchen and doesn't really think about it so then Emel arrives at the house at this um Salim's house and nobody answers the door so she gets frustrated and goes to the office and which was a weird move we can talk about that too um so she goes to the office and she tells this guy like oh have you seen Salim he was gonna help me with something in my computer which yeah, that was weird. I If I were that guy, I would be like, this is very sketchy. <laughs> um, but the guy's like, no, um, he, Selim hasn't been in the office in three days and his manager is asking about him. So that's when Emel is like, shit, something weird happened. So she gets home 
and Tarek is just like ch- like calmly waiting. He's very excited because she left this voicemail in the previous episode where she's like, let's be happy like old times. Like let's have the fun conversations we used to have and like the nice moments we used to have. So he's like lighting up some candles and like waiting for her in the bedroom. I'm surprised he's not not, like naked on the bedders. (laughs) But that would make sense for all the preparations he's doing. So she arrives in the apartment and she's just like, you know, I think she's kind of like defensive to get like she she's kind of like I guess it could be from like not finding Salim in his apartment but she's like kind of like ooh like something's off like she starts noticing off things like right away like she notices that um there's less alcohol in the like remember that last episode Taned was like really getting drunk on the brown colored liquor rum whiskey I don't know what it was so she goes to like get a drink and she's like, have you been drink-? like she immediately she starts like getting angry at him saying like, oh, you're drinking like what's wrong with you? Where were you these days? Like, I don't believe you were at your parents house. And then she sees the recorder and she just flips out. She's like, because she basically, well, she's been very scared of him with all that had been happening before her trip. So like finding that recorder basically to her is like evidence that he killed Salim. So she like flips out and they have a shouting match where she's, oh, and she she shows him a picture of Salim on her computer, like from his her Facebook or whatever. And he's like, who is that? I have no clue who that is. And she's like, you're lying. Like, of course, you know who that is. And you killed him. And like, I don't remember if she actually accuses him like outright of killing Salim, but she like doesn't believe him. And she's like, what the hell like what is all the stuff like what happened in this apartment you drank alcohol like you weren't at your parents house like you said um and he's like no like my brother was here like that recorder's probably his and like she just starts like getting super angry and she says that Salim was her lover and he starts saying that he wasn't going to the yoga woman's house so like he wasn't trying to cheat on her too I guess like he says in his defense and then, I don't know, I mean, they have a, a fight where basically, I mean, it's a really bad fight. I don't think it's like worth going into the details, but like, whatever, she's like eating one of the peaches that he brought from her mom, from his mother's garden. And like, then she gets really, really angry and she starts pushing him, which we know is not going to end well, because this apartment has very bad luck with its corners and use of force it's a murder apartment <laughs> for sure <laughs> and basically okay i still don't get how he killed her like i guess he like shoved her too hard or something he like pushed her around too hard because he gets really like scarily angry i was very scared when he got really really angry and then he like doesn't well okay so she's passed out or something and so he calls Taned like like older brother like I'm screwed I like killed this girl or like I killed my wife um and the older brother like comes and like starts slapping her in the face or like you know doing that thing that people do when people pass out which is weird and then she like takes a breath and wakes up well like as he's dragging her like to go probably like bury her dead body somewhere she wakes up it's not like she woke up to him like doing cpr on her or something 
Okay, I might have mistimed that, but I feel like he did something and she woke up. Um, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a lot of questions about, I guess, how she passed out. But uh, we'll get there. going to transition into our gossip slash spilling the non-existent tea section. I guess we can start with the cold open scene where there was no reason to cover uh, Elif and blood, but they still did it. (laughs) I think it was just like basically Yusuf thinking like his life was back on track and like everything was going well. And it's just like very in your face saying like, no, nope it's not like you're not safe um you're screwed like something bad is going to happen to you which has been like the show has been trying to say every episode in a in a different way and today was just like the heavy-handed conclusion of that in my opinion yeah I was also really really confused by the tape recorder and message so confused I had to go back and rewatch it to figure out like was he he basically like confessed did he confess or he said he's I don't know he didn't really confess to wrongdoing but it is like I wrote that down as like as a WTF like why would you confirm because I feel like well I don't know a tape recording is pretty analog but I feel like you can still somehow confirm when that was recorded and like it's kind of it's like proof that he faked his own death at least so yeah Maybe you can't get a timestamp and it's, you know, they couldn't be used for anything. I don't know. But it just seems really dumb to give that to a cop. <laughs> well, I guess that it still has Selim's original recording on it. Yeah. But also, like, I don't I don't think the cops at this point have any clue about the Selim thing being, like, linked to this family. So it is really dumb to give them the recorder because then they're going to hear Selim and be like, wait, wait, like so now there's another dead person in this investigation well i thought the point was like yusuf here's the thing i'm gonna take you to the middle of fucking nowhere so that i have a couple days to like get out of town and then you can solve the case but like i also am a moron and didn't realize that he was following somebody when he was on the bus i thought he was just on the bus being creepy (laughs) so i don't know i guess i missed a lot of things that happens modern tonnerre side of things it's very easy to miss things on this show yeah yeah i just i just need to point this out because i cannot save it till the what the fuck section (laughs) the the bag that he has that it is a present for his daughter has like a christmas stocking on it yeah i I, I wrote that down too (laughs) <laughs> I just, I that's how you know it's a nightmare it's totally anachronous it doesn't make any sense <laughs> also I was way too happy to be like not a nightmare <laughs> yeah yeah and try to this making Monta which just like makes it wish fulfillment for fairy days never making him Monta ever <laughs> the best he gets from her is that she'll pick up the phone and order pizza for them <laughs> then we had what I wrote down was sad Jevdet and Tarek time 
medicine time. Oh, I just feel so bad because I can't really like imagine what that would be like. Like you forcefully like giving your child some medication that you know is gonna make him like not who he is or like not a person basically like not not I don't know lose like his identity and his expression and everything and yeah I I think I just feel so much for Jevdit I think he's my favorite character I feel so bad for him yeah I don't know I I feel like I was saved from feeling too bad for either of them because they're both uh, murderers and accomplices to murders. So um, I'm feeling okay about everything. Wait, who did Jeff <laughs> get murdered though? He helped his son bury one, probably two people. I mean, that's different from being a murderer. If you... <laughs> Sophia's like, oh, that's fine. <laughs> no, 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 it's not fine. But, like, I think it's different from being a murderer. <laughs> okay, an accomplice. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the whole um elif like covered in blood was freaking terrifying and unnecessary. Does that mean Agreed. she's gonna die? I don't think so. I think they just needed a creepy way to open the show. Yeah, it was it was too much for sure. <laughs> even for even for this show is too much. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. Um and then we had the Selahadin visit Shahabetin what's his name Salahatin, I think Salahatin. yeah oh my god Sammy those were so bad that I got confused I was like <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> okay Salahatin. terrified of doing that's why I very scarily said his name <laughs> uh he comes to visit and there's a weird really really long scene <laughs> uh that was so long that basically I think the point was you're a pissant little coward and get the fuck out of my house. I was going to ask you, what did you guys think the point of that was? For me, it was more like, you know, like I do have integrity and I, I am willing to like put my life on the line for you. So I don't understand why you're trying to destroy my family's life. I think it, I think it was that that's definitely part of it. Like part of it was like, you owe me because I did this. I also think that part of it was Sedatinu basically um, were afraid, like at the moment where you should have, I guess, activated your whatever, your police kind of instincts and not, you know, stood afraid outside of the um, nightclub. Right. Because you you were thinking about your family and everything changes when like your family is involved. Uh... So You're like, so smart. I didn't even think about that at all. Yeah, so I think it was like it was definitely like a fuck you, you owe me. I say I like saved everyone in this nightclub, you know, the people who hadn't been shot yet, rather. Um, and you were scared, but also like, dude, you should get it because like you your whole like way of thinking and operating changed when you started thinking about your unborn child and wife. Um so I think he's like I'm still yeah to Sophia's point like yeah I'm still I'm a good cop obviously but like this was my family so piss off (laughs) yeah wow that's such a much more sophisticated reading of it than I had thank you (laughs) wow yeah as geese you're you're killing Sammy and I (laughs) (laughs) this is a live roasting no I'm kidding (laughs) 
Yeah, I also wrote down creepy jokes, but now I can't remember who was making creepy jokes. Creepy jokes? I don't know if it was on the tape or if it was Salahatin, because I can't. Maybe you wanted to make creepy jokes that you were like reminding yourself. <laughs> make creepy jokes on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was making really creepy jokes, but I can't remember. Was it maybe on the tape? I don't know. Taner it was did. probably on the tape. I mean, Taner is the creepiest character. Yeah. That tape, that was like a rambling message. So I didn't even catch, I feel like I didn't even catch like a good 20% of it because it was just like mumbling. So those, those were probably <laughs> the jokes. <laughs> um, yeah, I was reading the subtitles twice and I still was confused about what was going on. So I also um, have like a, a logistics question. Like how was he able to press play at right the exact time so that when Yusuf woke up he would hear the right point of the tape great question <laughs> Tadair is an expert at knocking people oh no Naraman is an expert at knocking people unconscious yeah like they would I, like that thing was probably playing on a loop or like I don't know that just was my question about that scene <laughs> Tarek is hiding in uh Selahattin's truck oh yeah I forgot about that because why? What the fuck is he gonna do? Nothing good. Hurt him probably. Yeah. Also, the timeline jumping confused me. Slash, I think I like looked away from the TV for a second when it switched from Tarek in the bed of the truck to Tarek in the past in his apartment. I was like, so we just hitched a ride home, and he's like weirded <laughs> out that the plants are <laughs> hasn't been like forever. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is definitely a different timeline because <laughs> dead one is not dead. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. It's the the timelines on this show are just like they take some adjusting. You kind of have to guess all the time. Yeah, you have to be flexible. Also, why is Patrick so like what what about the conversation is the disturbing part for Tadic? Is it finding out about Taner, like about him being alive or like his dad and Taner hiding something from him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how we could answer most questions on this, about the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm also like very, very confused about Emil. Like, in I guess it's normal thinking about someone who's like cheating on her husband but also scared of him and also at the same time like hoping that she can get back to something with him at some point like mm -hmm. I, I I honestly was not expecting her to go to Salim's house first mm -hmm. especially also just like for her the taboo or like the weirdness of like going to have sex with some guy at the same house where you get like psychoanalyzed uh yeah that's so, so weird yeah i'm just the fact that he doesn't like pretend to live somewhere else i feel like that's easily within his reach to pretend he's so dumb god remember how he died by like <laughs> running into a wall oh my. <laughs> oh my god just remember when i told you guys at the beginning of the show that i thought that probably the show was going to do a huge build-up and then the like um like the end or whatever happened was just going to be so like such a letdown as it usually is with suspense shows and, yeah like, really 
basically the two characters that died well we, we still don't know how Ahmed died but like this guy died in a freak accident stupid thing um yep and then Emel almost died in like a stupid struggle like like exactly know. the same way almost like in terms of like cause of death being like the apartment literally <laughs> literally i was like if this is how she dies i'm gonna be so disappointed about this show because literally you just like had the most suspenseful music the most extreme like foreshadowings and and like time flips back and forth and like all this heavy-handed shit and now you're showing me these like really stupid accidental deaths like i'm i'm hoping they they like uh in the last episode they discover that emad and sadim and maybe some other characters were part of like a government um experiment where they all have paper skulls and they that's why they like hit their heads and they immediately die and it's all <laughs> it's all a big conspiracy that's what's gonna happen <laughs> oh my god their skulls no, have been so- spinned by radiation. I thought that she had like like shaken baby syndrome because <laughs> she he didn't hit like I guess she maybe hit her head on the floor but he mostly just like shook her <laughs> but it, also, I didn't understand it happened to me that I like turned away from the tv and suddenly she's like dead on the floor and I was that's like what happens on the show especially in that apartment you can't like you can't do anything <laughs> other than like sit on the couch otherwise you're dead <laughs> Yeah, you also can't look away from the show, like, not even for a second. No. 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 Thank God there's three of us. That's the only way we're, like, getting 90% of what's going on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Imagine my first time when I wasn't allowed to have the subtitles turned on. I was so confused. You're like, were these ugly-ass people being all weird in the dark? Yes. <laughs> and very Also, um, I thought... Okay, like I get, I get that Emma is having like a tough time to say the least. But quite. I thought her reaction to him and like the screaming and the things she was saying was quite was quite hurtful. It was like very harsh. And she, she, I mean, I mean, I I understand that she's in a terrible position, but at the same time, like, it was there a worse way to handle that? Like, she came so yeah. aggressive towards him, and she was so weird. Yeah, and then not explaining she, anything and just no, like accusing him. And then she him. showed him her lover and yeah. then like it was so confusing and he literally but, couldn't even like process that like he like didn't even understand for like 10 minutes of that scene that yeah he was cheating on him because she was just like screaming and showing him a random facebook profile yeah it was so confusing like if, um, you, if you think he's capable of murder like maybe just like take that absurdly tiny by the way suitcase and <laughs> head back out while he's like I don't know pretending or while he's fixing up a pretend drink for you um or something like there's so many better ways to handle (laughs) she's an incredible packer like yeah two weeks of like fancy clothes all in that little rollerboard yeah and her laptop and like whatever other chargers and stuff right amazing yeah but Tarek should have just left the apartment yes no shaking obviously (laughs) <laughs> yeah even um, them should have just left like I had to look away because like the whole scene was like too much for me I was like okay this is a bit much and that's when she all of a sudden died apparently paper school yes but she didn't die so maybe she gets it out of this alive what are what, what are our odds on that no I don't think so 
she's I think the fact that she's a hallucination means that she's dead, but I guess it's possible that But he has like, a not... about his mother too. Remember what that's the... true. Maybe she's yeah. dead. Maybe they're all dead. Oh god. Maybe this is the sixth sense. Maybe. Or like I said, my like my theory is gonna happen. Okay. There was a really weird translation during the fight uh, where they said, like, where ML, one of ML's, like, screaming at Tarek was like, did you get your fishing lines crossed underwater or something <laughs> like that? I don't Does know. Does that mean anything to you? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's bizarre. Did he? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but I'm glad we're all confused. Yeah, no, don't know that one. I don't, it sounds idiomatic, but I don't even know, like, how to, like, translate that into normal speak and then back into, like, a different idiom in another language. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you guys is, like, so he calls Tonair, which nominally makes sense I guess you call your older brother for help but are they even close like we've never seen them interact and like Taner seemed very dismissive of his mental illness but he has he has called him before when they had the fight where he called him and was like I don't know what to do um oh yeah when they were going on that trip where he ended up leaving Ruya like stranded I feel like Tanet is the most, out of like the three people in Tarek's family, of three other people in his family, um, blood relatives, I should say, Tanet seems to be the one who most wants to discuss the mental illness and like make it like not something like, I feel like he was like, okay, like Emma is in the right here for like being freaked out because um, like he's sick and he's doing all, these weird, all this weird shit. So of course she's going to be worried. Whereas Jevdit was like, she shouldn't have gone to the crazy doctor. Uh, mm. And was I, I felt like more hardline against what M.I. was doing when Tanad was like, well, I mean, he's not normal. So mm. I feel like he's more protective of Tadik. Well, I mean, Jevdit is too, obviously, but Jevdit is more like deny and protect, whereas Tanad seems to be like, yeah, he's sick. We should probably help him. No. <laughs> but he's also... Uh, the doer of dirty deeds it seems in the family <laughs> yeah for sure that's his job yeah I, I i don't think he's the most empathetic but i do think he's the most pragmatic of that family if that's possible because they're all pretty well him and, and nedman are pretty pragmatic but he just has like we didn't get enough of her this episode said oh yeah i was so sad that we missed out okay y'all can't deny that she's funny I mean, she's so mean. <laughs> oh, God. I think it just doesn't translate as, like, if you're not listening to it in Turkish, it's not as funny. But she's, like, it's horrible. It's disturbing. It's so funny. She's, like, so bad. Like, oh, I just don't have the right sense of humor, I guess. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, cr- I'm crushing this episode anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm the sole of success. We're just the <laughs> side dressing here to be made fun of, whatever you want. Yep. <laughs> So this will be my last podcast everyone <laughs> do we have any predictions for what's going to happen next i mean mm-hmm. i think for sure emma is going to die but we just don't know how yeah. 
Um, which it's, I feel like it's possible that now they have to kill her because she knew that they were going to like dispose of her body. I don't know. Yeah, she's not being like handled in a way that would uh, suggest, I don't know, a lawful <laughs> handling of a dead body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also like, I know this is supposed to be like, you know, plot reasons, but <laughs> as Sophia <laughs> says, but uh, wouldn't they have checked her pulse? Somebody checked Doesn't her pulse happen, before though? they decided to like, drag her does. out I think he does. I think he does. I'm pretty sure. But then he drags her, so he clearly thought she was dead. Yeah. I don't really get the whole, like, pulse breathing thing, like, because I feel like that happens on shows a lot where, like, oh, they're dead, oh, they're dead. No pulse, and then, like, two seconds later, they're like, ugh! Like, that happened. <laughs> oh, my God. That like, was only wonderful. Happens on TV. <laughs> I don't know, but she was shaken into unconsciousness, so she, her body is clearly not functioning <laughs> properly. Yeah, I'm telling you, school spent by government radiation. Hashtag yeah. radiation gate. I don't know. I don't have a good name for this yet. I'll have a good hashtag for my conspiracy theory next episode. <laughs> is that what made Salim's head so paper soft? Yes. <laughs> you, maybe the place they work is like radioactive. Oh, oh wow. Well. Now that could be. You but can't I think deny- or the candy, the candy. <laughs> I think it's candy. just one of those things, like you know, when you hear about those freak accidents, and you're like, "How in the world would that happen?" But it just is like something that it, it just, was like it all just happens on the show, and you're like, "Oh." <laughs> I mean, it ha- I I get that, but to do it for two characters in a yeah, row, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, exactly. Much. That was sloppy. I completely not, not that, and I think, like as I mentioned before suspense shows are very good at like building up the suspense and they're there then they're really really bad at like getting to a satisfying conclusion for the Mm -hmm. watcher for the viewer yeah (laughs) yeah i i have low hopes for how satisfying the end is is gonna be well we got two more episodes so there's still a bunch of stuff that can happen um Yusuf is doing Eski's favorite activity of just straight up wandering through the woods for days on end. That's right. Which... He's gonna he, he's gonna find uh no actually we already made it to the police station, never mind. But I'm sure he'll take the same scenic route back to Istanbul. Yeah. <laughs> he should try to stay out there as long as possible. Yeah, and like not be in scenes. <laughs> I'm just very surprised as to how he a like has not woken up or like been able to reach civilization for two days. <laughs> He's like not had the best track record of being like useful and smart. No, <laughs> because also if you think about it, like how far would you have to drive into the forest to be somewhere near Istanbul where you wouldn't encounter civilization for two whole days? Like that is crazy to me. Well, remember in... um uh the protector how they were like five minutes from the city center and he had like the <laughs> deepest woods ever that was in 1453 and we still thought that was fucking ridiculous right <laughs> so... i don't see anything wrong with my theory <laughs> oh my god point not taken uh, yeah i'm pretty sure you're supposed to walk downhill find water follow that to a road yeah and then follow the road but I don't think Yusuf would have made a very good Boy Scout or whatever the equivalent is. So 
He was already a murderer at that age. That's right. All right, should we move on to the history section? Yes, we should. to admit i don't remember the context in which this came up i'm pretty sure it was you're as annoying as um, no 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 no. he was um it was seratin and jevdet so jevdet was talking about uh seratin telling him that he was going to be a father and that his wife was going to have a, a a girl i think and uh jevdet was like hugging i think jevdet hugged him or Sedatin hugged Jevdet, and then he felt Sedatin's heartbeat, and it was like the drummer. Oh. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yes, so today we're going to be talking about uh, Ramadan drummers and some other fun Turkish Ramadan traditions, since when we're recording this, it's like smack in the middle of Ramadan, so uh, it's very time appropriate for when we're recording, if not when it comes out. So in terms of Ramadan drummers, uh, this is a tradition dating back who knows how long, but it was certainly in place during Ottoman times, where there would be a drummer for each neighborhood who would walk around uh, super early in the morning to wake people up so that they could have breakfast before the sun rose, um, and they had to begin their fast. So the point was to like if you were to sleep in and then the sun was already up then you wouldn't be able to eat for like 24 hours and that would really suck so that's a very important job not 24 but 12 12 no because if you slept through it it would be eating like at night depends depends on the length of the like daylight hours and you know (laughs) yeah the season (laughs) Uh, 20 21 hours it's a long time to go without eating No, this year it's like uh, not as bad as it's been. It's been like for several years, straight up summer. These are getting shorter. So I experienced the last time I was in Turkey, which was two years ago, I experienced the drummers um, in Istanbul and in a very small town called Geyre, which is next to Aphrodisias, which is an awesome Roman Roman ruin, which um, hopefully we'll talk about at some point on the podcast because it's my favorite. But we were staying in this lovely hotel called Anatolia Hotel in Gere, which is like a one square block dirt road village. It's very small. And there was a Ramadan drummer who started drumming at like 4.30 in the morning. And he walked the entire town, but because the town was one square block, you could hear him just as loud the entire time. And then the dogs woke up and started like taking up the chant of the drum. And uh, it was incredibly loud, but it was a fun experience. And then I also heard it, I was staying in Galata um, and I heard it in Istanbul, but I think it's, it depends on which neighborhood you're in, whether they'll have one or not. Um, Because in Istanbul with all the stone and concrete, it's like incredibly loud when they start drumming. And I think if people aren't waking, aren't doing the fasting, then it could be super annoying. You're also supposed to tip them at the end of the month. I think a lot of them, that's their main income for that month that they're drumming. And a lot of cities were, are like trying really hard to keep the tradition alive. So they'll give out uh, traditional Ottoman outfits to people. Um, They have competitions for who's the best drummer. And currently, uh, according to an article I read, there are 3000 drummers uh, drumming in Istanbul for Ramadan, which is pretty impressive. 
I can share some other, <laughs> what I think are Turk, well, some are not Turkey specific, some are like general Muslim world things, but I think most of them are actually Turkey specific traditions. So um, not Turkey specific is uh, breaking your fast with dates. I think that's done in the Arab world too, um, but dates are very nutritious. And I think, I mean, as I, I haven't fasted to be transparent to our listeners, but I think the body I'm sure would, would appreciate some of that sugar too from the day <laughs> after that many hours so it's a good first thing to pop in your mouth um and then obviously the fast well not in covid times actually turkey is in its first full lockdown um these days that's gonna last i think two more weeks uh, so there are definitely not public um mass fast breaking meals uh, this year but that would typically be how that goes down um some food that's other than the dates that are specific to the season there's a specific kind of uh bread ramazan pidesis or ramazan pita that's like it's like thicker and it's soft thick covered in sesame seeds it's quite large and round it's like it's very specific to this this time of year i don't think you can really get it other times of the year but it's about well a few years ago was a lira, I'm sure it's more expensive now because inflation, hashtag inflation, but um, generally fairly inexpensive to, so like everyone can enjoy it. Um, and then the dessert that's like the dessert of the season is gulach, which is, um, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like, uh, it's definitely got some phyllo dough, like, but it's drenched in milk and uh syrup and rose water and so it's kind of like a pudding consistency um very very sweet and uh and light so um that's that's a that's something i partake in even though i don't fast and i'm a heathen uh <laughs> and uh the last i think most distinctive tradition for Turkish uh Ramadan season is sh the shadow puppet uh plays that happen that I mean used to happen like every night after the fast was broken um to occupy the children and I guess entertain people in general so Karagöz and Hajivat there's even I mean there's a lot of movies and stuff about these characters too but they're two bickering Ottoman men <laughs> I don't know how to describe it um they just fight a lot. That's like the plot of all of their interactions <laughs> is them fighting. I would go and like, so far as to say curmudgeons. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think one is like a commoner and one is like nobility. I think I think so, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, they just like one of them is always threatening to beat the other one up, and the other one thinks the thinks the one who's gonna beat him up is an idiot. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, and then also, I'm not sure if this is across the Muslim world in general, but in Turkey, the, the Ottoman style of mosques are like, I don't know, the minarets are like much taller than the, I guess, the dome structure in between them. So they tend to stretch out like string lights between the minarets and like write out messages in lights. So like, like welcome to the Ramadan season or um, stuff like that. I haven't I haven't heard of that being a tradition elsewhere but you'll see that around Istanbul too it looks very pretty although there's so many 
mosques and minarets that it also just I think after a certain point it's a little bit like light pollution but I mean, <laughs> that whole city no is it's pretty it's pollution. nice <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually well there, we we actually uh, were there during Ramadan well in 20 in 2014 I don't know yeah Asgi, I think we met up when it was Ramadan and what I remember was like there were these banquets like in each neighborhood like yeah, set yeah. Up city with like these tents yeah, and, like the, at, the local government, the municipal governments do that, yeah. And at like each sunset, like people will will like sit and like have a nice dinner, like to break the fast. Um, and I actually also went to Egypt during Ramadan, and I think Egypt is probably like more strict. I don't know if strict is the word, but like it was different for sure. Like. It was it was during the summer and it was really hot and like we were like it's the desert but we were like going to different temples and stuff and like since like Turkey there's a lot of tourism like tourists obviously are like eating and drinking stuff but like the guide wouldn't even have a glass of water and we were walking out like out in like a hundred degree weather and the, he wouldn't have a single drop of water or anything poor like I don't know how they don't pass out like that that seems really difficult to me um but at night like it was a huge party on the street like there was like so much life on the streets and like people um making food like on street grills and like it was like super festive it's it's really like an exciting time to be there too because like people like it's 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 a very like nice and special like religious occasion um, but I, I think I do, rem I don't know if this was in Egypt or in Turkey, but I, th I do think they tell you like, try not to eat or drink in public. Cause like mm -hmm. everyone else is fasting. So that's not nice of you <laughs> to, to do. Yeah, I wouldn't. That seems insensitive. A lot of people, a lot of people participate in fasting, even though, even like people you, like you being myself, like people I know from my family or people I've worked with who are extremely liberal and don't real and they don't pray and they don't you know I don't know like uh, their heads aren't their hair isn't covered if they're women and they like I said they don't pray or you don't see them expressing any kind of religious sentiment they'll still fast because it's like a thing like every like their family did it they did it growing up so they're just going to do it even though like you know they may be agnostic in every other sense um so it's interesting it's yeah it's definitely a as much of a cultural thing as it is a um, you know genuine religious um, act so I, I, I find that I've, I've always found that interesting to like you're not like all in on the religion supposedly but you're willing to not eat <laughs> and drink within the daylight hours it's like pretty hardcore <laughs> yeah I know a lot of people who do um, like what is it is it Passover shit I'm so bad yeah uh, no, it's uh, Yom Kippur. No, Yom Kippur, uh, Yom yeah. Kippur <laughs> fasting who aren't religious at all. Um, but that a month of that is That's like a, a day lot though. more, a lot, lot more of a commitment. So it's impressive. But it seems like a really fun tradition, all the feasting and stuff. Not sure if I could handle waking up at ass o'clock in the morning though. I've seen a lot of LinkedIn posts this year. It might just be like because of COVID, people are trying to think of like team building activities to do, but I'm seeing a lot of like post on LinkedIn like EY is participating in the day of fasting to support our Muslim oh, colleagues. I was like 
random. Corporate but, I mean, I'm not gonna like, through fasting. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's what you get. Like, I think you could have like, what if you just donate to like the charities identified by your Muslim employees instead of like performative one day fasting? Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. That's pretty weird. <laughs> pretty weird. Oh, and, and we forgot to mention that the the Muslim calendar is the lunar calendar, so um, the months can change every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ramadan moves up like ten days every year, and the calendar moves earlier in the calendar year. So, it like I said, it's been it's been hitting the summer months for the better part of a decade, but it's slipping now into spring. And winter Ramadan is the chillest because uh, winter in the northern hemisphere rather uh, is the chillest because yeah shorter days (laughs) all right awesome into our favorite section which i think should have a lot of candidates today which is what the fuck and then what shouldn't have a lot of candidates today which is sultan of success so (laughs) uh first let's do what the fuck my first one which we have definitely covered multiple times today is ellie uh covered in blood not chill no reason to do it what are you doing um Okay, my second what the fuck, I'm pretty proud of myself for this one, uh, is ML, during mid-freak out, she has the peach, and she's like, our refrigerator must be on freezing, this peach is so cold. Who puts their peaches in the refrigerator? What the fuck? Why wouldn't you? It's fruit. You just keep it out. You don't put your fruit in, you keep your fruit out, do you like consume it immediately? In a week. Like, how long do you keep it out? Yeah, like a, a peach, yeah. it gets all soggy and like gets soft. I don't know. I've never heard of keeping peaches in the refrigerator. That's like I wouldn't keep it anywhere else. <laughs> okay, let's see if Google can uh, sort out this debate. I keep all my fruit in the fridge, and then I take it out. In, in order for your peaches to ripen cut. properly, do not place them in the refrigerator. Simply put them on your counter until they reach your desired ripeness. You're right. Okay, I would do that for like the day I want to eat it because it'll get there, at least in North Carolina weather, it'll get there within like a, a day of being on the counter. But a week, it would get all like, there'd be like little fruit flies all over it. Huh. Reckless. I think it depends on what climate you live in. Like if you live in Bogota, you can leave all your fruit outside because it's not going to, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> it's just going to freeze over outside. <laughs> but like when I used to live in Medellin, like if I left a banana out, like, it would be extremely ripe. Like, well, actually, yeah. I never put bananas in the fridge because then they'll ripen. No, I don't day. put bananas in the fridge. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that was less well received than I thought it would be, but that's okay. Uh- <laughs> 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 um, I have what the fuck ML's entire freakout. Like, I guess yeah. she was really going for that turkey Oscar or whatever because she was really <laughs> going nuts. And then I have what the fuck shaken baby because I just don't understand the mechanics of why she passed out for like, I mean, it had to be at least 30 minutes, right? For Taner to get there and yeah. Yeah. What are your guys's? 
Um, I agree with everything you said. I would just add again the little tiny suitcase that supposedly sustained her <laughs> like diverse wardrobe for two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. And her laptop and stuff, like everything you said, Sammy. And then my other one was um that hasn't been said already, um, was all of those porcelain swans in Jezet and Nanmin's living room, just like wow. on the coffee table. There was there's just like a little flock. And I was like, who where do where would one buy that and why? I didn't notice that, but wow. <laughs> yeah, they were majestic, but I, I don't have understand. never pegged either of them for a swan collector. <laughs> a swan tchotchke collector. That's a pretty yeah. niche yeah. thing to be. They're pretty niche people, though. We have to we have to agree on that. Yeah. That is pretty specific True. <laughs> to her. <laughs> That's all I had. What about you, Sophia? Um, mine is definitely the bat. Well, I have two about the gift bag. The first one <laughs> is that it has a stocking on it. The second one is that when he gives the gives the gifts to Elif, he takes them out of the gift bag. Yeah. So what's the point of a gift bag? <laughs> if you're gonna take a gift he probably was bag. like, this is my one gift bag that I own. That's I can use it point. for New Year's and birthdays and Mother's Day. It's like the Mother's <laughs> Day stuff. It's perfect. Okay, my other what the fucks. Um, on the one hand, okay, we didn't discuss this, but I'm very confused. So Tadic has two types of medications. One that are the soft kind, which are, his parents give him when he when he goes there for a short time while Emel is at that conference. And then he has the ones that make him catatonic. So why don't they give him the softer ones more often? I can answer this question because the last time they gave her the softer ones, he murdered his wife. <laughs> Followed by cackling from Sammy. <laughs> Show. <laughs> <laughs> okay whatever i'll take that okay another one talk, um that i'm very confused about is how okay she was gone for two weeks i guess he should have gone and watered the plants more often but like the plants look really dead for him to have gone and watered them also why didn't taner take the tape recorder like he knew it was he obvious tape, but yeah not the oh he took the not tape the recorder yeah, it was empty. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. He just that. left the he just left the like, case. Like, why? Just like take it. That's bizarre. That's just plot reasons. Yeah, <laughs> that is just plot reasons. <laughs> My other what the fuck is about? How did he get to play the play, the tape recorder at the right time? <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you sure he didn't wake up and like press play? It was just playing. Why would he though? No, he was. There, the sound was already coming. When he came to, oh wow! I can't explain it, but I feel like Tadair left like a three-hour-long message. He hasn't had a lot of people to talk to recently. <laughs> he had a lot of words. Okay, another made some creepy jokes. <laughs> another what the fuck is? How does he ride a public bus without fear of getting like caught by the police or like recognized or something? I mean, he's not wanted, no right? He's just like presumed dead. There's just like so many little like random traffic stops. I feel like every time I've taken a bus in Turkey recently, like a, a inner city bus, like there's always a random traffic stop where cops will just board and check people's IDs. Probably a symptom of like the super repressive government. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Um, like it would it would like shock me if I traveled from one city. Like if I travel from from Izmir to Istanbul, for example, like for sure we're gonna get ID checks at some point on the way. Yeah, I wonder if he has a fake ID. Maybe. Or he's just hoping they don't check if he's alive or not. Yeah. Okay. What my other what the fucks? Okay. What the fuck? Emil's death or not death? That was quite confusing. Yeah. And then if what Ezgi says about Taner following this guy's sister is true, but the sister was supposed to be in Germany, so why would she be on a bus? But this but this was like in the current time, which Oh isn't Taner was fo- it? Isn't Taner no. following her like while he's presumed dead in the current time? I think so, judging by his like schlubby appearance yeah um that's my assumption it was like while presumed because that's what we were just saying like how would he get away with the i not like his id being checked if he's presumed dead yeah Uh, but why would he be following her today like to see if she yeah we don't know i mean no idea wonders where sending is or whatever i mean he was at her office and he saw the candy and stuff so like he was trying to p- put some he's trying to put something together but unclear yeah but why why so many years after because the candy was right after he killed him i think when she was in germany or before he killed him it's years the timeline here isn't years this is like it's a couple months couple months yeah but yeah really like the flashbacks and stuff yeah i don't think it's like that long ago I was thinking more like three to five years. He has not been living in the woods that long. <laughs> no. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember what they, I'm sure they said in the first episode, like your wife died X amount of time ago. I don't remember, but I don't think it's years, but I also think it's very bizarre that he's lived in the woods for months and is now following the dead guy's sister. Maybe I. Maybe I just like thought, she looked like her i could be wrong but like they, they kind of showed her face and looked like her to me i mean if it's not ruya like who the hell would it be like maybe he's stalking fairy day because he thinks that um it's definitely no but they showed the woman's face and it looked like the psychologist is what i'm saying okay okay yeah unless like i forgot what the psychologist looks like but it's definitely not fairy day, it's definitely not ruya okay. it could be just like some unknown third woman who there's no other women <laughs> yeah the woman the tunch is cheating yeah, on Tunch's lady maybe with her i don't remember what she looked like i think we're done with tunch if we only have two episodes left and they spend a bunch of time on tunch i'll be very surprised (laughs) don't be surprised (laughs) should we talk about sultan of success yeah what are we even gonna say i don't have i I mean the apartment again literally kills it We it not only kills all the plants, it kills time. another person. We could give it to yeah. the floor this time. <laughs> I mean, the energy, it, it sucked the life out of the plants, too. Yeah. Over the course of, like, a week. True. <laughs> we could give it to Tarek for not killing his wife. Yeah. Despite his best baby-shaking efforts. <laughs> Still had that gentle touch. We didn't that know but I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely not ml 
No. Maybe Jeff Dett because he gave a really good like fuck off speech. That was a good monologue. Yeah, the actor definitely deserves an award for that. <laughs> that was good, good chat. Mm. But he also decided to stop medicating Tarek, which then led to Tarek escaping. So what about what about like the situation getting like extra hairy for Jeff Dett and family? like at home but like Naman being like yo I'm going to Ankara I'm gonna be like be far away from this <laughs> I feel like that was just the actress was like know. taking a week off or whatever <laughs> take a week off she's from like, going like an eight episode show <laughs> so. it's ruining my life to be this nasty all the time I have to go away and find my inner kindness again <laughs> I just feel like she extracted herself at the right exactly the right time that's pretty successful you know if you think about how stupid everyone else stupid or reckless everyone else is being <laughs> that's not a bad point my my number one vote is still this murder of Parvis it's like incredible track record yeah I think I think I, I could vote for that what do you think Sophia yeah I could vote for okay. that so congratulations big congratulations to our uh sultan of success for the second week in a row the murder apartment feet the wooden floor this week last week feet the corner of the wall um incredible bad vibes uh incredible murdering incredible plant death really just a talented and um nice view yeah also from that apartment so Spooky yet luxurious. that's what we like <laughs> yeah uh so congrats to you um thank you all so much for listening and we'll be back next time with episode seven much more understanding and explanations and much fewer questions i am sure hopefully and narman sighting to keep Eski happy please <laughs> i'm the real loser of this episode for not seeing my girl <laughs> <laughs> Souls of despair as for not having that written episode. Oh, uh, thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you guys next time.